0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Horses in the Morning for December 28th, episode 2587. Today, we have a special episode for you all about the National Snaffle Bit Association and the new World Equestrian Center. Joining me first is Tony Bottoms. He hosts an Appaloosa podcast and is very familiar with the NSBA. Those of us on the English side of things are not real familiar with the NSBA, which is why I have him on today, and uh, he knows a lot about it. So with the NSBA running the jumper shows in January, February, and March at the World Equestrian Center in Ocala, I thought it was time that we learned a little more. Then after Tony, my wife, Coach Jen, joins me for a few minutes to talk about our recent visit to the World Equestrian Center right up the street from us, and we'll be back with normal hit programming on January the 4th. I hope you're enjoying your holidays. Let's get to Tony's interview. Well, hey, Tony, it's good to talk to you tonight. I really appreciate you stopping by.
2: Not a problem. Thank you, Glenn, for having me.
0: Uh, you almost did stop by last week. We were at, we were out away, and you drove right through uh, my neighborhood, right past the World Equestrian Center, I heard.
2: Yeah, I drove by and kind of went through the parking lot and took pictures. I wasn't able to stop. I didn't have time to stop and look around and all that, but... So... I took pictures just to prove that I'd been there.
0: (laughs) Well, as I mentioned in your introduction, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, a lot about the World Equestrian Center as it relates to the National Snafflebit Association. Uh, And we're going to learn more about that and, uh, you know, how you know about them. But first, you also have a podcast. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I have. It's the Appaloosa Podcast. Um, It is about Appaloosa horses, the people who love them and wherever that might be. I don't stay specifically to like APHC, the Appaloosa horse club information or whatever. If I find somebody who is riding an Appaloosa, you know, showing an Appaloosa or whatever, I don't care where they're at. I don't care if they're riding straight hunters, if they're trail riders, um, if they're like, for example, you just did an interview a little while ago with Carrie Lowry. I've talked to Carrie oh, yeah, several yeah, yeah. times.
0: On the on the show, uh, actually, yeah.
2: Yeah, I've talked to her several times. She's won the Appaloosa Distance Championship several years in a row. Actually, last year, she won the whole kit and caboodle, the whole, she beat the Arabians, the half Arabians, everybody, you know, so obviously I had to talk to her then, you know, because she's riding a half Appaloosa. So, but it it doesn't matter. If it's an Appaloosa, if you own an Appaloosa, if it's something that catches my attention, I try to talk about it. Now I do cover a lot of what's going on within the Appaloosa Horse Club, you know, as far as what rule changes are happening, what you know, whatever, whatever business is going on. For example, I'm getting ready to do an episode uh they just started the what they call a small horse program, which is allowing the, the ponies of America to participate in our shows. So I'm getting ready to talk to the lady who started that whole thing. You know, so anything, if it's got spots on its butt, we talk about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the Appaloosa Horse Club is the governing body?
2: Yes, they are the breed registry and the governing body of the Appaloosas. Um, they... Everything from, you know, registering your horse to the only shows they really, they really put on are they do the nationals and then they do the world championship. And, you know, obviously the world championship just happened last in November and the regionals didn't happen this year, but usually the regionals happen around June or July. They usually coincide with our youth world championship shows. But this year, because of everything, you know, COVID and all that, they canceled the regional and then they combined the youth and the regular world show to November.
0: What, if you were going to, what is the most popular discipline with Appaloosas within the club?
2: Right now, (laughs) it's ranch. Ranch has gotten really popular. It's gotten
0: really popular everywhere.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Yeah. Ranch has gotten, I mean, at, at the championship show this year, Ranch and the cattle classes by far were the biggest classes. Um, other than that, nor- Well, I say I was about to say normal showing. That I mean cattle ranch showing is normal showing, but I'd say pro- probably trail. That's probably the biggest one in pretty much anywhere you go, whether it's quarter horses, uh, paints, appaloosas, NSBA. Probably trail is probably the largest classes there are.
0: And yet, we've seen them in jumping shows and eventing and, you know, all over the place. They're like any other breed. They're, you know, they're they're individuals, and some of them are really good at other things.
2: Right, right. Uh, They are a good all-around horse. I mean, they are, I mean, they're originally bred for the Nez Perce Indians. They're the ones that bred them, and so they were bred to be very hardy. Uh, They obviously grew up in the Bitterroot Mountains, so... You know they're a very hardy breed. They're kind of
0: stocky, right? Most of them are. Uh,
2: well, I mean, the original ones were. Um, I mean, that that's a big controversy within the Appaloosa community. You have, and the same thing with cord horses. You have your foundation bred, which can trace their lineage all the way back to the Nez Pierce, or you have your more modern day Appaloosas. Kind of what we breed. You know, we breed more modern day because we're crossing an Appaloosa stallion with thoroughbred mares, or Quarter horse mares. A lot of Appaloosas are crossed with quarter horses.
0: I might have a dumb question. How much Appaloosa has to be in there to register?
2: Anything, any part Appaloosa. I mean, as long as the parents are registered, at least one of the parents was registered and you register the the offspring, then it's considered an Appaloosa. Now, where it gets tricky is if that horse is not showing characteristic traits of an Appaloosa, you know, they don't have spots, they don't have the stripes in their hooves, they don't have the white sclera around their eyes, they don't have the molten skin, that kind of stuff, then, yes, you can still register them as Appaloosa, but then you have to get what they call performance papers, which means... Yeah, they're Appaloosa, but they're not showing characteristics. So you have to pay a little extra money. You know, I'm hoping they do away with that here pretty soon. But (laughs) (laughs) so is are the number of Appaloosas is it growing? No, no. Well, the number of it's hard to tell if more people are buying Appaloosas, but I can tell you that the APHC registration is going down. Okay. So, but those two don't coincide. Just because the APHC's registration is going down doesn't mean more people aren't buying Appaloosas. I mean, you're starting to see more and more color in like straight hunters now too. You're starting to see more and more Appaloosas at ranching events, you know, roping and, you know, barrel racing and stuff like that. So, but it's hard to tell because yeah, we're noticing more, but no one's really keeping track of them, you know? So, but APHC's numbers have been declining for at least a decade now. So, but that's probably a whole different subject right there. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: I think that's true of a lot of the associations too. It's not just in the registries. It's, It's not exclusive to Appaloosa's. Um so all right, so now the Appa, so the Appaloosa Club, uh, Appaloosa Horse Club is part of the National Snafflebit Association. I wanna I wanna tie this in right now for the listeners. So we've talked on the show here about the World Equestrian Center. Of course it's right couple miles from my house, and I've been talking about it and it being built and the tours I've taken and stuff. And now there's a show going on. The first show is happening right now as of last weekend, and I see horse trailers over there, and we're going over uh, Thursday to check it out. So actually, after your interview, I'm going to record with Jennifer, and we're going to talk about what we saw and our impressions of the World Equestrian Center, which I can tell you already are going to be amazing. Um yeah, they have the
2: Tom Powers <laughs> fraturity charity going on right now. Which is, uh, for the uh, English set, it, what is that? It Okay, so you you said uh, Appalooza is part of NSBA. That's technically not correct, but we'll get into that here in a okay. minute. A lot of people do for charities, um, or a lot of, I'm not going to say a lot of people. There are people who start for charities for one reason or another. And basically, you have to... Buy into that futurity to have a stallion's offspring or whatever available for the for the futurity. Well, Tom Powers is kind of on its own. It's it's kind of off by itself, but NSB NSBA sanctions it, so they have classes going on within the Tom Powers futurity. Like Tom Powers is just that one show every year. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So it's a big fraturity. There's a lot of money to be won at it. It's kind of like for the hunter world, like nationals or something like that. You know, it's like that one show that you can go to and win a bunch of money at.
0: And if I remember right, fraturity horses are usually five years old and are younger, but they're nominated like before they're born, right? It's, it's, they're nominated when they're really young.
2: For example, a, Right now, if you go over there, when you go over there and look for Super Sires, there's a fraternity named Super Sires. Our stallion is a member of Super Sires. As a matter of fact, two, 2021 will be his first year. We paid into that fraternity. And so basically what that is, is we paid a bunch of money for him to be in there. But the benefit is anybody that breeds to our stallion, if they go to a show like Tom Powers, and Super Sires has a class that they are sponsoring, then they can take their horse into that class and win money, not only from Tom Powers, but they could also win money from Super Sires because it's a Super Sires offspring winning or not necessarily winning. I think they have, I think, from first to 10th, but obviously winning's the big money, right?
0: So, right, right.
2: But yeah it's you you pay into the futurity usually it's a stallion owner pays into the futurity or I mean, they have a few different variations of it, but it could like for example, WEC is getting ready to do a futurity I think at the end of February or the beginning of March, the sudden impulse futurity I think they're getting ready to do over there that's just an open fraternity i don't know why they named it a fraternity but that's they named it that so it's an open horse show anybody can come over and show
0: a lot of that gets very confusing
2: <laughs> yeah it does yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, and, and really my wife is the one I, i'm like you i'm a horse husband so you know yeah i do show a little bit and all that but my wife is the one that runs all this stuff you know wow. with the, the and all that so it's well, like I, i'm
0: certainly not going to hold that against you uh <laughs> so so all right so and i did i did get that wrong actually uh the appaloosa horse club and a bunch of others are recognized by the national snaffle bit association so yeah. so let me, all right so let me go reverse back here a little bit so world equestrian center says i want to put on these jumper shows here and uh, the problem that we have is the World Equestrian Center is very close to Hits, which has been here for thirty years in Ocala. Hits is right. the jumper shows and hunter shows that happen here in Ocala, and they've happened for years. It's kind of a run-down facility, and and it's had its issues over the years, but it's here, and it's you know I've gone over and watched shows there. It's not too far from my house either. Uh, and then World Equestrian Center comes in and, and you know, he spends a billion dollars and builds this amazing, basically the nicest equestrian center in the world. It is what it says it is. Um, and he wants to run some shows. So he... They put up a lot of money, and uh, we're hoping to get some dates, uh, some basically sanctioned dates from the, uh, you know, from the USEF and the United States Hunter Jumper Association. And th- there's a mileage rule where you can't have two sanctioned shows so close to each other. I'm trying to simplify this as much as possible, because it also gets very confusing. And a lot of people don't follow this. So that's why I'm trying to do that. Um, so... Uh, what happened was they were denied those dates because of the mileage rule. And he came back and said, OK, well, then we're just going to work with a different group and we're going to do the shows anyway. And we're going to put up millions of dollars in prize money and people will come. They won't get points towards FEI standings and all of that, but they'll come for the money. And that's where the relationship with the National Snaffle Bit Association came in. We mentioned this on the show when it happened being on the English side, mostly, Jamie and I, were not familiar. Really, I mean, we've heard of it, but it's not something that we've dealt with every day, right? Um, so we mentioned that, and, uh, and then I got scathing email from a couple of people that uh, really said <laughs> that we don't know what the hell we're talking about, and uh, we shouldn't even be on the air, uh, because we didn't know what the National Snafflebit Association is. So that's why you're here. OK, uh, <laughs> is because we do want to know what it is. And World Question Center is working with them. And I got to tell you, since we talked about it on the air and since it's come out, there's a lot of people on the English side had no idea what it was. It's not just us.
2: Yes, you are not. My, all right, So back up a little bit for me. My wife, I met my wife in 2000 when I met her. She was teaching at a hunter under saddle barn in Midlothian, Virginia right, right there by Richmond. My wife grew up riding hunters. That is her love. That is her passion. And we had our own barn. We had our own lesson and show barn. We did not show Yousef level. We usually stayed, you can't really call it local, but it's the VHSA with the Virginia Horse Show Association. So we stayed that we had students that went to that and all that. So my, my wife obviously still has a lot of ties back to Virginia, even though we're living in Oklahoma now, you know, a lot of her friends that she grew up with, they ride hunters and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. When this started happening, people were Facebooking and texting my wife, who the heck is NSBA? And my wife was just laughing because, you know, like you, they they're like, who the heck they've been around since the eighties. They've been around for almost 40 years. They originally started, their whole goal is to try to get people to ride a horse in its natural gait. When NSBA originally came around, that was back when you'd see a lot of these Western pleasure horses, what we call peanut rollers, yeah. with their noses going around, almost touching the ground.
0: Yeah.
2: Well. No one knows where that came from, but that was what was being rewarded in the show pen. And that's what people were training for, and breeding for, because that was what was And I will
0: say that Jamie and I have given our opinions on that. And you can send your complaint (laughs) emails to jennifer at com. She'll be sure to (laughs) discard them. Uh, But it did really start with pleasure riding events, right? Yes.
2: That originally was, was Western Pleasure because they were trying to get people to quit training and breeding for those peanut rollers. They wanted to see a horse go. You mean they actually wanted the
0: horse to have head. feet? Uh,
2: that right. Worked? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> so they have obviously come a long way since they were formed. That started off with Western Pleasure. Now they pretty much have every, well, now that they're adding hunters, yeah, they've they pretty much hunters. got yeah. every discipline that you could have. And now they until... have jumping
0: classes at World Question Center.
2: <laughs> right. So, yeah. Well, it was funny. One of the things, I, I've talked to um, Stephanie Lynn. She's the executive director over there at NSBA. I've also talked to Johnny Dobbs, who is the president of the board. And we have talked about this. It was funny because right before their world show came around, I was looking at their working hunter class. That's probably one of their newer classes, the working hunter, which is more closely related to, an actual real hunter than anything we've ever seen on the breed show side. Usually I joke around. My wife my wife was really disappointed when she went to go watch a hunter on her saddle class. And it basically was a Western horse with English tack on it. But the NSBA, they started as working hunter and it's become very popular. And actually Quarter Horses did a trial run of working hunter's Two years ago, and it was very popular. So they're adding that to their show bill now. Is they're actually adding for cord horses a working hunter class. So it's starting to come back around. But you know this.
0: I, I, let's take a quick break, and I want to tell you why this all makes me very happy. All right, I got to go to a commercial, but I want to come back and talk about why this makes me very happy. So uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Visit slash hrn Don't miss your chance to shop blowout prices on blankets, apparel, saddles, tack, and everything you need or want from top brands like Defender, Gatsby, Wintech, Kensington, Ariat, Weatherbeater, Iridian, IRH helmets, carrots, and so much more. Plus, you can find special hourly flash sales with over fifty percent off. Stateline Tack—they make riding affordable. So I, I want to tell you why this makes me very happy. One, you know, the our mission statement to Horse Radio Network was uniting the horse world one show at a time. It, we, we just wanted—there's always been these silos, Western, English, and then within those two categories, there's 20 silos, right? And nobody right. ever talked to each other. And I love right. the fact, and especially now with this National Snafflebit Association deal going on with the World Equestrian Center— it's bringing English and Western and everybody together. And all of a sudden now we're just horse people doing a show.
2: Right. Right. Oh, I'm we're, we're totally excited about this. You know, like I said, especially with my wife's background, um, we were starting to breed our stallion to thoroughbreds to make real hunters instead of these hunter under saddles. And then all of a sudden this announcement came around and, and NSBA is going to be sanctioning real hunter shows Words for lots of money let's throw that (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah but for us it was cool because it's an organization that we've already been involved with you know we've been involved with them for several years and you know so we don't have to leave an organization that we're comfortable with and familiar with which by the way Runs like a well-oiled machine. Okay, that's the point is, I wanted to get yeah. at.
0: When I saw all of the Facebook posts from people who did know about the association, there was nothing but glowing. There was not a negative and, thing. Yeah, I couldn't find a negative thing.
2: I I have nothing negative to say about them at all. I've all, all the people mo- mostly ladies. Uh, I don't want to. I know there's at least one gentleman that works there, but the ladies there are awesome. All of them, no matter who you talk to, they're always friendly. They're always on point. They're quick to get stuff done. If there's a problem, they're, they'll answer the phone and answer your question. If they don't know the answer to your question, then they'll get you to the person that does. When they you go to their shows, now technically, the only show that they put on is their world championship show. That's the only show that they put on. You, most of their shows, well, all their shows are put on by somebody else, but then they sanction them. Gotcha. So if they're involved. So it's any breed, involved,
0: right? Any breed horse can.
2: Yeah. Any yeah. breed. Yeah. It can be an open show, which, um, I guess if you're not familiar with an open show, an open show is any breed horse can come in. Um, and then you might have, you know, an open show might be put on by a regional Appaloosa club, a regional Pinot club, a regional paint club, or a quarter horse club, or a combination of all those. And then NSBA, they ask NSBA to sanction the show, then NSBA puts their stamp of approval on it. And you'll see, when you're looking down the show lineup, you'll see, you know, for example, one-year-old Halter, APHC, but off to the side, you'll see NSBA. So they'll, you know, it's not, a lot of times, it's not every single class but certain classes that they will sanction
0: so if it's an ns or nsba class um then you're gaining points to go to their nationals is that part of the reason why you would be concerned about that
2: yes yes and no okay um nsba you don't necessarily have to have a certain amount of points to go to their championship show they want you to have gone to at least five shows they were NSBA sanctioned. However, if you didn't go to five shows, you can pay extra and still go to the championship show. Does that make sense that on sense. that one?
0: Yep, that makes sense.
2: So if you don't have anybody around you that's doing NSBA sanctioned shows, you can still go to the championship, the world champions. You just have to pay, I think it's like $100 extra to for your entry fee but you know, obviously either way you look at it, if you go to five shows, that's going to at least cost you a hundred dollars or you pay the hundred dollars to go. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and as I, as I understand it, their original, we, we talked about the what their original mission was right. When we talked about the peanut rollers, is that still their mission? Are they still, to you know, for the natural movements and we don't have noses on the ground and hooves that are the size of uh, quarters?
2: Yes, yeah. that is still their mission. They are still big on, Breeding and showing the best quality horse possible. And for example, here I'll, I'll make this example. I was noticing we were talking, I was once talking to Stephanie Lynn, we were talking about this. And it was, I was asking her this question because it seemed like they did this change right about right before the announcement of WC came up. They had their working hunter class right before their championship show. So probably. September timeframe, they did a verbiage change on the working hunter class. And they put a level headset with ground covering movement as if following the hounds. I think that that might not be Mm -hmm. exactly right. But so they're constantly going in and trying to make sure that their description of a horse or a class or the way a horse moves is correct. They're always doing that, but they just recently went in and changed the verbiage for the working hunter class to have a level headset with a ground covering gait as if following the hounds. So, and then, then, then the announcement from WC came up and I was like, is that coincidence or was that planned? And she laughed and she's like, no, that was just coincidence. Cause they're always going in and they're always adding classes. And here's the other thing for people who are familiar with Yusef at NSBA as a member, you get a vote. You get to vote on what the club is doing. No, it's really? Not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not that the club just does whatever they want. You get a vote. They're really good about doing what the members want. If, if, Enough people come up to them, or there's enough things said about something, they will do something about it. You know, they've just added a quite a few classes this year. Um, they've been doing ranch western pleasure for a while, but they just made it official to where I actually will be at their world show this year. Should they're, they're I say next year, not this year, but next year? Of course. But I don't know, by the time this comes out, it might be this year, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
0: <laughs> it'll, it'll still be this year. So I'm excited about this. And we've had Robbie Roberts on, who's the big boss over at the World Equestrian Center. And he's been on since it was a concept on our show. And, you know, he's always one of the things about Robbie is you get it the way it is. There's no, you know, he doesn't mince any words. Um, and how did he know? Did Has he dealt, you know, he was in the Western world. I know that. Has he dealt? with the Snafflebit association, have a good relationship with them. And that's how this came about.
2: Oh yeah. 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 Um, he's friends with, uh, Johnny Dobbs, who is the, she's the president of the board. Ah, gotcha. They're yeah. friends. So yeah, he's dealt with them quite a bit, but oh, like you said, on the Western side, they, they sanction shows at his Wilmington world of equestrian center now as it is. I mean, that, that's that been going on for what, several years now, right? If yeah. I remember right, he's got another one up there in Wilmington, Ohio. Yep. And they've, they've been sanctioning shows there. Now, obviously, those shows there are Western, most of them. Um, but I think they do have, I don't know, I have to look into that one. I haven't looked into that one as much as I have the one there in Ocala. So,
0: well, that, and, and, and that is, I, that is how, I do know that that's how the relationship started. Uh, and, you know, he knew, him you know, the last time we had him on the show was 6 months ago maybe he knew he was going to have this fight with the USEF and and the USHJA he knew this was going to be a problem uh right. so i think he's had this in his head for a long time uh because this is not new this is not a surprise you know it was going to be a problem
2: yeah 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 we're like i said we're really excited about this i i think it's i think it is for the straight hunter people this NSBA is going to step in and be a governing body that makes it affordable for the average person to be able to go horse show and to be, help, be able to have a governing body to where they can accumulate points for national championships and year-end awards and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and, and they can win money. You know well, what I'm saying? So that, Yeah, and
0: that's that's, that's something thing. that we're not really <laughs> used to in certain parts of the English world. It's <laughs>
2: yeah. see the thing about NSBA, like for example, say you say you buy an Appaloosa and you're showing an Appaloosa. Say you go to an Appaloosa, let's say, world and you win the class. Well, the way it's set up on the breed show side is you can win under Appaloosa. Then if it's an NSBA sanctioned show, you can win under NSBA also. And then if it's a futurity sponsored class, then you can win under that futurity. So you could basically be walking out with three prizes. Hmm. You know, so that'll pay for your horse show right there. Yeah, or <laughs> some,
0: plus some. You know, he right. Robbie always said, you know, if I he believed and he's right, if you put up enough money, they'll come. And uh, you know, oh. it doesn't hurt that during this winter series that they're going to do starting in January, uh, you know, they he made the stalls free. So, I mean, it's he yeah. really wants people to come try out his center and let me tell you, it's freaking nice. So, uh, yeah. y- you're not going to show any place that's nicer than that right there.
2: Yeah, that's that that's always I was telling somebody, I said, you know, the problem for a lot of the breed associations is people are going to go down to WEC and then they're going to go, hey, this is where we want our world shows at instead of Fort Worth or Tulsa or whatever. So (laughs) so that's going to be the problem is everybody's going to want to go down there, which obviously it's not for a world show that's not, it's a nice facility, but it's not. It's not convenient in the center of
0: the of the, especially right. the Western yeah. world, right? It's not in the center of that. Um, yeah, and it, you know, the other thing is, it's hot as hell here in the summers. <laughs> now, it is air conditioned. He has two thousand heated air conditioned stalls. All the indoor arenas are heated are, or you know, heated and air conditioned, so you would never even have to go outside. But it's still hot here, you know. It's, uh, right, You know, so there, there is that. Um, I, I think it's exciting. I think that, it you know, we're going to see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of politics going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Um, and, you know, really what it affects, the people who it really affects are your FEI level riders, right? They're the ones yes, who need yes. the points, who need to travel and need to do all that to make teams and stuff. But what percentage of the jumping population, hunters or jumpers, is that? It's teeny. Right, um, it's a quarter of a percent probably of the entire of the entire group, so everybody else falls into a place where they're they can chase money you know and and be at a nice facility so it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out.
2: Well, I know for us, the money's nice, don't get me wrong, but the atmosphere going to an s b a world is just it's fun, you know you get to go hang out with people you like, you get to go. Have fun with your horses, all that kind of stuff. It's just fun. And yeah, it's nice to get a paycheck at the end of the day or at the end of the week or whatever. And that just kind of adds to it. You know, it so th- and that's really what it's all about for us. If it's not fun, what's the sense in going? Because we're not we're not big time trainers. We're not, you know, big time, you know, like like you were saying, like the people with FEI. You know, they're not. We're not chasing possibly getting on an Olympic team or something like that. We're just small breeders that like to go show our horses and like to see our horses do well and like to see the people who buy our horses or breed to our stallion do well. I mean, we we always celebrate uh, when we have somebody who bred to our stallion and then their horse goes out and does well. We you know, I mean, we put it all over Facebook because that's what the whole thing's about. You know, we're trying to, it's a real family friendly environment. You know, everybody can go there now. Now POAs can start showing there. So that makes it even cooler because now you got, you know, the, and POAs are really a family friendly environment. So now you got the POAs, Quarter Horses, Paints, Appaloosas. Now you got straight hunters all in their same building. That's where I think it's going to get really fun. When you get, everybody in the same building together and you're stalled up next to each other and a hunter looks over and sees a western pleasure person getting their horse ready to go out in the ring and they see that horse over there shining like a little copper penny and then they walk over and go how do you do that you know because well that's how we break
0: down those silos we talked about right i mean that's you're right yeah
2: right And my wife talked about that. She's like, man, I thought I knew how to groom a horse until I went and hung out with these Western pleasure people. (laughs) (laughs) But then there's a lot of stuff we can learn from the hunters, too. There's a lot of stuff the the Western world can learn from the hunters. And the number one is how do they keep that? Because they're constantly keeping that flow of new riders coming in, both quarter horses, paints. Appaloosas, their numbers have been dropping for the last 10 years and they don't have a, like when you walk into a hunter barn, you see barn rats running around all over the place. All mm-hmm. the little kids yep, yep. that they're for, they're, they're all over the place. They're running. You walk into a Western pleasure barn, you don't see those kids. You don't see them there hanging out. They're working students and learning how to groom and all that kind of, you don't see that. Huh. So they're, they're not feeding that population of us older people who are going to be gone, you know, 15, 20 years from now, you know, so, but the hunters are really good about that. It's, I, I know with my wife, when she was teaching at the school, you'd walk into the lesson barn and there'd be kids running all over the place, you know, grabbing horses, tacking up horses, grooming horses, learning how to be good horse people. You know what I'm saying? And learn how to be good riders. You don't get that on the Western side, unless, unless you're, you know, out working a ranch. Or right, something you're, like you're, that. that's, you're on that's a different. ranch. Yeah. 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 But as far as like the showing the Western pleasure showing and all that, you don't see that. They want you to bring your horse over, drop it off and pay them to train it. They might, you might show up once a week to take a lesson and that's it. Mm. And I was like, man, they, They got a lot to learn from the hunters on that, which again, it's that I I think that's where we get everybody in those barns together and they start hanging out and, you know, after the end of the show, at the end of the night and they start talking and sharing stories and stuff like that, that's where I think it's going to really blow up. That's where I think it's just going to take off after that. That's my prediction. We'll say that. I I hope so. (laughs) I mean, that's
0: what I've been hoping to see for the last. 10 12 years and I do think that we've all I think thanks to social media we've all gotten to see and, and see things that we never saw before right so I think it has opened up both worlds I think we've gotten uh, you know even shows like this one where we talk to a little bit of everybody right we're not you know yeah we we know english more but we have a little bit of everybody on that does does everything uh, and we're trying to you know get it to the point with all the shows on the network that we have that you do see, you get to hear different things and different perspectives and different ways of doing things, and that just makes us all better. I know you were on Piper's show uh, over at Plaidcast, and she's been the one really stirring the pot here. I mean, talk about politics. She's been the one that really put the cauldron on the fire and has been just stirring it every day, Uh, much to the chagrin of the USHJA and the USEF. Um, But you know what? Somebody has to. If if there's ever going to be change in organizations like that, which have become old boys' gloves, there's no question. Um, yeah. And there, but it's going to take that. It's going to take people like her and people like a couple of the other uh, now people the, like a couple of the other journalists that are my friends out there that are really stirring the pot and calling them. The I didn't know that that some of the executives over there make three to four hundred thousand dollars a year. I would have become, I was in marketing. I could have become the marketing director of the USEF, making a hell of a lot more money than I'm making now. Uh, I That was total shock to me. I didn't realize that until all of this started coming up and Piper started stirring the pot. And it's like, how do they make as much as a president? I, it's just crazy.
2: Yeah. yeah, I I mean, I knew about the U- U.S ef back when you know obviously when i first met my wife because uh we were right there by deep run which is a, a rated show um and they do i don't know how many shows there every year and they've had a monopoly on the hunters and jumpers for years i mean for decades and you know i knew back then people were griping about them and that was like i said back in 2000 we left virginia in 2006 yeah. And people were griping about them then, and all of a sudden, here we are now. And it's like, you know, it, it's all got to come to a head. The funny thing, I, we have been having, a lot of people have been having issues with Apple as a horse club. And a lot of what people are complaining about, about UCF, I see mirrored a lot in APAC. You know, people, they're not listening, they're not doing what people want, you know, all that, which I'm kind of standing back laughing about it all watching, you know, all the hunters and all that gripe about the Yusef and all of a sudden in an NSBA just coming in and stirring up the pot. You know, it's <laughs> like, we've known about them for years, you know, so, but yeah, it's, it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm excited for it. And I think it's just going to open up more doors for more people. I think it's going to make it more affordable for the average person to go out and show and that's
0: And we need that. I mean, there's no question. We, it's gotten so expensive. Uh, yes. It just, we need that. I mean, it, and, you know, when you have to pay fees to the USEF and the USHJA just to show, uh, and yeah. then all of the fees at the shows, you're spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to go out for a weekend. And it's yeah. just become unaffordable for a lot of people. And, you know, yeah, I mean, we have the, Again, I'm taking that top 20% out, right, that that have all right, the money right. in the world and have all the support in the world. and But there's that 80% down here who who do struggle to go to shows and can't go to shows every weekend. And, you know, I, I hope, you know, I hope there's a pl- – if there's not a place for them in the future, we're not going to – these organizations are going to keep shrinking.
2: Right, right. Because where, where are your future Olympians going to come from? Right. I mean, they gotta get out there and get experience someplace. And if they well, can't come afford- from the rich
0: end. That's where they're gonna come from. Right. Yeah.
2: Well and yeah. you know, the- Which I've been seeing a lot of articles about that here lately yeah. too.
0: And Piper I know so. has been one <laughs> I'm not well, I mean, too.
2: Piper's whole thing is, you know, education. Right. You know, so it, it, it makes sense that she's the one out there you know, stirring that stuff up. But, you know, I've actually heard her and I didn't get a chance to mention it when she was there. She was talking about more diversity in the hunter circuit. I said, and I was going to say, yeah, you actually need to have more diversity in your horses too. Because that's one of the things that we talked about. The good thing about showing NSBA, if NSBA steps in and actually starts sanctioning hunter shows, is now you don't have to start importing from overseas. You got plenty of stallions and mares and offspring here in the United States that are much more affordable that you can be riding. You know, we just bred to our Appaloosa stallion and our thoroughbred mare, and he's a weanling right now, but man, we're, we're really excited to get him out there and start showing him at NSBA on the working hunters. And if we get some you know, straight hunters that are closer here to home here that NSBA sanctions to get him out there and start showing. You know, now obviously that won't happen for two, three years, but we can start showing him. And that, that's the other nice thing about NSBA. They have a lot of in hand stuff. So you have your hunter in hand, you have your Western Pleasure in hand, you have your lunge line, you have your trail in hand. So you can take your yearling out and show your yearling. You know, so by the time you get to three or four years old, where you're putting that horse under saddle, they've already got plenty of mileage on them for horse showing. So when you go to the horse show, they're not freaking out because it's, they've been doing it for the last two or three years, you know? So there's so many benefits to it that it's hard to kind of wrap them all up in one little ball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, you just have to, you have to experience it. You're really in. You know, we I've got a two year old, you know, if her knees ever close, her mom is seventeen three, so we're kind of wondering when her knees are gonna close, but she's a two year old. We were hoping to start getting her under saddle this year, but we gotta wait for her knees to close. So it might not be till next year. So we might be showing her a hunter in hand. And hunter in hand, pretty much anybody can do. It's easy. Um, you basically you walk your horse in the ring, you got Depending on how many judges, three, four, five judges there, you stand them up, you know, make them where they're square. The judges walk around, look at your confirmation of your horse. Then you got like three cones set out, and you walk around the three cones, and it's about half the ring. And you come around, and then when you come around again, you take off at a a lope or a a jog for the English people and bring them around, and then you're judged. That's your judge. It's easy. You know, unless, like, I I have to wear a knee brace because of my knee, but it's not hard. If your horse has good ground manners, your kid can go out there and do it. You know what I'm saying? So whoever it is that wants to show, NSBA can show. And if you get somebody that's starting to get older, you know, some of those warm bloods and those thoroughbreds have a tendency to get a little hot. You know, and it's like, if you're – kind of getting tired of falling off a 16 to 17 hand horse come over an NSBA and ride a quarter horse or an Appaloosa that's only you know 15 hands it's a lot a lot less distance to fall you know right right
0: right especially as we get older we don't bounce as much all right everybody (laughs) i'm gonna we're gonna wrap this part up uh jennifer and i are going to be back here in a couple of minutes after the next break and we're going to give you our impressions of our first real visit to the working uh world equestrian center uh i you know we've talked about it here on the show after we did our tour of the construction site but uh it's still a construction site don't get me wrong and it will be for the next 10 years but uh, there's a lot more to go in over there, but we'll we'll let you know how we felt about it. Where can people find your podcast?
2: Easiest is go to Facebook and look for Appaloosa Podcast, but I mean, pretty much any place, iTunes, wherever you find.
0: And it's the Appaloosa Podcast, is that? Appaloosa
2: Podcast, yes. Gotcha.
0: All right, well, that's where you can find it. Thanks so much for joining me today.
2: I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Glenn. I appreciate it.
1: Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, Wintech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And Wintech doesn't sit on their laurels. 2019 brings even more innovation to the saddle range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at Wintechsaddles.us.
2: Does your saddle pad work as hard as you do? With EcoGold's collection of breathable pads and half pads, you can be confident that your pad is putting in just as much work as you are. Shop now at EcoGold.ca. That's E C O G O L D.
0: Coach Jen is here, and we did go over, as I mentioned earlier in the show, to the World Equestrian Center and checked it out. And I talked a little bit last week on the show about my impressions. So we'll start with you. What were your impressions? We had only seen it uh, once or twice before when it was under construction. So
1: Right. And under construction, you you just would walk around and go, oh, wow, they're going to have everything there. It was really cool to be there with horses and people because – A a, a building and a facility is cool, but when it's being used for its intended purpose, it creates a very different vibe. We know that from attending the World Equestrian Games. We would be at these facilities when they're not being used or being used for regular shows. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. But then when you go and there's lots of people there, it's altogether different. And I think once that place gets filled up, the vibe is going to be really, really cool. Just... Because it can fill so many, and it's got lots of room for spectators, and there were lots of vendors there, and yeah, it's it's maturing,
0: but the place was so big that
1: yeah, it is kind of overwhelming it is overwhelming
0: yeah. that that there was probably I think they said there's like a thousand people at the show. And we didn't it seemed a little empty. It seemed empty. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like because it's so huge. They were using the one indoor arena. The indoor arenas, by the way, the
1: are ginormous.
0: There's four of those, and they're huge, they're and they're ginormous. heated and air conditioned. They have, I think he told us fifteen or sixteen hundred seats in each of the right. indoors.
1: Now the indoor arena they were using, just to give people an idea, because measurements in feet don't yeah. always trans don't always make sense. They cut the arena in half and in half of the arena was the warm up and the half other half of the arena was the actual class it was that big that they could fit a horse with in a 20 horses on a rail class comfortably Comfortable. in half of it yeah. they weren't crowded so that's how ginormous they are and they they thought ahead because they put um bleachers in each of the indoor arenas so there is actually room for Spectators. I think it was, 14 and,
0: or 1500.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has their trainer and their friends and their kids, and there's plenty of room to sit comfortably and watch all of that. So they thought ahead. And of course, they're really light and bright because they designed them that the interior is all white. So hopefully they'll be able to wash it a lot. But it was very bright in there. So that was kind of cool, too.
0: The other thing is the sound systems are amazing. Yeah. We've been to so many crappy arenas where. Well, the, rise, the, is coming for
1: a horse show venue. <laughs> The way the arenas are designed, usually they're made like giant rodeo arena style and that the the roof is five stories high. These are not. The the interior of the building is probably two or only two or maybe three, three stories, stories high right. to account for the bleachers I so think, that holds the sound in. It doesn't well, echo. Well, I think all over too the that
0: they designed it they designed the sound systems with the building and yeah. like with the Kentucky Horse Park, they thought about the sound system after the structures were put up. If you remember right, the debacle with the outdoor arena at the and the indoor arena, both at the Kentucky Horse Park, the new ones, there was no science, sound system designed in it. They put those up after and they had to drill holes and wire the whole thing because they had ne- they forgot the sound system. Yeah, this was designed with the sound system in it's mind. A purpose-built it, facility, yeah, and it's a purpose built facility, and there
1: aren't very many of those around the United States that are a horse show facility is purpose built. And the indoor arenas are purpose built. Now the outdoor arenas, I think they accounted for having lots of different types of events there. Like they're going to have concerts. there. Like this week, they're
0: having concerts every night there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where exactly they're going to have the concerts, but so we, we went in and saw that indoor first and that was one of four, as we said. And then um, we took a walk between the indoors back to the grand hotel and it is a grand hotel. It, it's uh, it's reminded me a little bit of Disney hotels.
1: It's very stylized. It's very Fred yeah. Chateau ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It's got that look where they put details in it. Yeah, uh, and then then the arena, the Grand Prix arena in front of the hotel is just beautiful. I mean, it, and it's classy. It's that's a classy arena. It's made for class.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah,
0: uh, you can see them having uh, Grand Prix dressage it's, shows in there it's a with the food around. Yeah. The whole and, point
1: is to create a venue so that whether you're a horse person or not you want to go there because it is the Carnegie Hall of horse show venues. Yeah.
0: And you you could tell they designed that arena. They have seating, which probably only seat Three, 4,000, maybe. At the most. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't, I, I thought not I was, ginormous bleachers. No, no. Uh, And then behind the bleachers, they actually have porticos. So you can tell they're going to have, that's where they have oh, the, parties dining, the, the parties and the dining and all that yeah. stuff is all yeah. being set up for that. The hotel is not done yet. Uh, they were working really on the back of it. The, the yeah. front of it is all done. But the facade looks great. Yeah. And you <laughs> can tell there were people all over the inside working on the insides.
1: <laughs> Lots the, of sounds. The back of it's still
0: a big <laughs> construction zone. Yeah. Um, and then we walked over... Uh, behind the barns, we walked in the barns. Let's talk about the barns. First of all, they are beautiful. barns. <laughs> These barns are what 12 by 14 stalls, probably. That's the way it looks 12
1: by 14 or 14 by 14. You made yeah. them oversized because yeah. that's been an issue for a long time. That well, you bring when, the
0: draft horses in and they when don't port- fit.
1: when portable <laughs> stalls were made. The industry standard was a 10 by 10 for a portable stall and a 12 by 12 for luxuriant accommodations. Not so much anymore. So you did make them oversized. And Gotta they fit have, those
0: worm bloods in.
1: No. And then well they're gonna spend a lot of time in them. Yeah. You know, they're gonna be there for weeks on end and didn't used to be that way at horse shows. The flooring instead of having the standard rubber mats on the floor, they have those super duper rubber mats that are like um like mattresses bouncy. for your yeah. horses. They had that. And then the aisleways are green, so they look kinda like turf, which is pleasant to the eye. And they're made of this sticky grippy stuff. So it's, it's got a really good grip for the horses because a lot of, again, a lot of horse show venues, you have a choice between. It's almost the stuff they put in
0: playgrounds for
1: kids. Yes. Yeah. They, you can, you, you either have dirt and mud or you have, you know, like Harrisburg, this stupid yeah. roofing stuff <laughs> yeah. on the floor. Uh, so the flooring is again, made for horses to walk on. So it's comfortable and safe for everybody. The wash stalls have again, the rubber footing and they're huge. Um, and what I thought was the most interesting part about the whole thing—they have the fans, and they have—I the have big-ass and air fans everywhere. And, yeah,
0: you know, a- and it is heated, air-conditioned barns, too. very spacious.
1: Yeah. But the most interesting part for me was instead of having a barn that has big long aisles, because the barns are a couple of hundred feet long, you can't each, see the end of the barn. You can't see the end of the <laughs> barn, and just big long rows of aisles. They have it set up so that there's a what they call a traffic aisle, like you would have in a grocery store, and then little aisles go off of that. And each little aisle has probably six stalls in it, and then a secure tack room. So they probably figured out that your average person who rents a tack room needs between four and six stalls. So you have your own little kind of neighborhood thing going, and then the tack rooms have steel freaking doors on them.
0: Locked. Yeah, with locks.
1: Nobody's going to be stealing stuff out of that tack room.
0: (laughs) And they're set up with uh, wood... uh... I don't know what you'd call those. They're set it's up so horizontal. that you can hang your yeah. uh, saddle racks and all yeah. that stuff in there. Yeah. It's really set up well. And it's designed then, to be a Every one of those little blocks has three wash dolls and multiple hoses. and uh, You can tell. It's just yeah. set up for that.
1: Now, the one thing I did notice, and regular intervals, they have, all the, they have the big giant trash bins with wheels on the bottom that said trash on the side. And then they have more of them that say manure on the side. I don't know about your horse, but my horse is going to refill that sucker up about three times a day. On,
0: and I don't know what the manure plan is, but yeah, I hope, yeah. I
1: hope they, uh, I hope they beef that up a little bit. They need to plus the manure thing a little bit. Yeah.
0: So we went outside, went through the barns, and we walked through maybe two or three barns, and and there are Things tons went on forever. of barns. Yeah, went on forever. Uh, and as I said, I checked the thermostat at 64. It was set at 64 in there. And it was chilly that day. It was in the fi- low 50s. And it was 64 in the barn. And it was definitely warmer. It was comfortable. Yeah. yeah. So then we went outside and they had a row in the back of the barns where the horses were uh, were set up in the back well, of the barns. They had warm
1: up arenas back there. Yeah. Lots had, and lots of warm up arenas.
0: They had warm up arenas back there. Plus, they had all the vendors lined up and their yeah. trailers and stuff. That was cool. Uh, and then we took a walk over to the main. Uh, Outdoor Arena, which imagine Kentucky Horse Park, about that size, and I would say the seating is probably double that, because it had two of those bleacher sections like Kentucky has, so probably double that. One of the things we noticed right away is we had to go to the bathroom over there. One of the problems you have when you go to all these arenas is they have two stalls for 10,000 people in the bathroom. (laughs) These bathrooms, I don't know about you. When you when I walked in, I, I went, "Oh my god!" the the They must have had thirty stalls in the guys' bathroom, all the urinals and everything. But it was huge. <laughs> it was just yeah. the little things that you don't think about till you need them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Especially the women's. Did it have that numbers? Oh, it, it, was,
1: it was a very large bathroom. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. you won't have as much waiting in line at that one.
1: Hopefully not, because yeah, yeah that's a that's a problem at all sporting venues. I think is they. Because everybody goes at the same time, because they go during a break. Yeah, hello. Well, they thought about that here.
0: They're huge, and there's one uh, one section of those in each of the big uh, right. seating areas. So they, I think that he told us they could seat eight to ten thousand, something like wow, that. There, that's a lot of people. Uh, and the arenas, all the footing is beautiful. I mean, it's just it's all
1: the same kind of footing as far as I know. And it's the white, sandy stuff that looks like it has little carpet in or whatever. It's a brand it's, name, but it, I couldn't tell you off the top of my and head. And they
0: were was, watering it, even the arenas yeah. that weren't being used were being I watered and they were yeah. grooming them. They all look perfect. Uh, there's there's uh, press boxes at each of the arenas. Um, uh, set up there. So you, the, you know it's just the outdoor arena is beautiful. And they plan on having full-size concerts in there, A-listers, the whole thing. Yeah. So that's not going to be just used for horses, but it'll be used for other things. Well,
1: and they have the... Um, after we did the barns... And, and we by the way, the
0: mega, Megatrons, the... Uh, jumbotrons. Jumbotrons.
1: <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we did a little wander out where the warm-up arenas were, and we wandered past all of the vendors, and there were lots of them. We did a little walkabout out through the back... Uh, the chapel kind of sits in the center in the of the back. Yeah. back Everything
0: there. was designed around the chapel. Yeah. yeah, and
1: it's it was rather lovely because the they have a horse path that goes through there with the same footing as the arenas. So we walked through back there. It was very quiet and relaxing and kind of meditative to get away from the hustle and bustle.
0: You and, will have hacking paths all the way through. And there's hacking paths, yeah.
1: and we could see way out across the back where the cross country course is going to be. Yes, there's going to be a cross country course too, as well as the polo fields were back there, and then they had back. All the way towards the back of the facility, that's going to be before you get to the uh, little farmettes, the um, conference, conference center. Is that what yeah, they're calling it's a conference it?
0: Conference center, yeah.
1: There are f- six.
0: Five. Five. There are five giant. What have to be 100,000 square foot buildings. Yeah. G- they're huge. Yeah. And uh, you'll be able to hold Las Vegas style conferences. Yeah, I think there. they've
1: already got a couple of uh, dog events booked for in there for next year. They're yeah. huge.
0: I mean, uh, every bit as big as any conference center we've been to for any horse thing. <laughs> oh, they're huge. Yeah.
1: And they're, desi- they're designed so that they can have horse things or not horse right. things, I think was the whole I point. I think,
0: well, you wouldn't. Yeah. You're not going to find a horse thing that will fill all five of those at once. No. Uh, but you would find an electronics show or something like that right. that would. So yeah. I, I, this kind of could become, I think, the conference place in Florida here to, to rival Orlando. I think um, it's going
1: to be an excellent alternative yeah. to Orlando, because Orlando is really pretty built up and pretty yeah. intense, and it's getting to the point now that it's almost overbuilt in Orlando. Yeah, and yeah. it's hard
0: to get around. Traffic's a nightmare, yeah. you know, all of that. But yeah. I, this is beautiful, and if you want a beautiful spot to do it. Now, hotel space, they, they're building that one 300-room hotel, and apparently they're, they're building a couple other, room. two or three others yeah. on the property. Uh, those haven't started yet, but... The oh, don't forget the campground. Oh yeah, then we took a ride over to the campground and first of all, western people it's have an RV a lot resort. of It's it's not a campground. Freaking money. Yeah. Western people have a lot more money than English people because when we went over <laughs> to the campground and saw the rigs, the the they don't they don't live in campers they live in half a million dollar rvs Uh, they're unbelievable all lined up Lots
1: of pushers up there oh
0: and then uh it's the only campground in the country where you'll see uh, a half a million dollar rv parked beside a
1: small living
0: quarters horse trailer (laughs) living
1: quarters (laughs) two-horse trailer (laughs) it was awesome
0: (laughs) lined up and then another half a million dollar rv and then then a then a a quarter million dollar living quarters horse trailer (laughs) i it was it was cool to see that the campground's beautiful it's all set up in rows it's Easy to pull in, pull out. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, and there's 300 spots, and right. they're building right beside it a gas station that is made for trailers. You can turn around, you can pull in. Yeah,
1: and again, with lots of diesel
0: pumps. I know lots of diesel
1: pumps. The um, I didn't. I didn't go into the camp store. They have a one big building that's the camp store, and the laundromat. laundromat, and the check-in area. We've seen area. pictures of laundromat. It's yeah. huge. Apparently, yeah. it's coinless. You use an app on your phone.
0: Well, that's good because you always don't have the right coins. You never coins. have the right no. coins.
1: You, you know, the, the coin slot gets clogged because somebody stuffs. Well, the, and these were in it.
0: the big machines. There are no little ones. Well, they're ones all in the this. big front loads. There's no
1: <laughs> point, right? Yeah. And I wonder if there's going to be a sign that says no saddle pads. <laughs> uh, I wonder.
0: That place was huge. Yeah. And we, I'll tell you, uh, if I was over there for any period of time, I'd want my electric bike or my uh, golf cart because yeah. <laughs>
1: it's big. Oh, an electric bike would be perfect yeah. over there just it's, because it's, you, so it's pretty flat. Hello, it's Ocala. So you can pedal around all we you want. Some, actually, we saw some, actually, electric bikes
0: and a lot, ton of golf carts. Yeah,
1: You can pedal around all you want, but if you don't want to pedal, and and you can get these really great little carts for your bicycles. They're made to carry stuff. So if you need to drag tack around and stuff like that, that for me would be the perfect world. Just get yourself a campsite over there, bring your electric bike and get a little cart for the back. And you're golden and you don't stick up the place with golf cart fumes.
0: The uh uh We've been to a couple World Equestrian Games now, and this facility could host a World Equestrian Games, no problem.
1: Yeah. No now problem. the the one thing I did notice like Again, it's a sports venue, not a football stadium. Not a ton of parking for spectators.
0: Well, I think so. I'm we, thinking we that there' that's see not, all the parking. That's not yeah. built out
1: yet. The built the parking in front of the indoor arenas because the all four indoor arenas are. Right next to each other, a little U shape. But
0: but there's 4,500 acres there. I'm sure there's a few yeah. acres. of I hope parking there's a plan that, with shuttles and for, stuff, yeah, for bigger plan concerts for that. and things.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, like you said, if the, if they have a concert in the Grand Prix 10, arena, people, and they want to seat six or seven thousand yeah. people, you're going to have three to five thousand cars. The way everything else is thought about,
0: I'm sure that's been yeah. thought about. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I my overall impression was it's going to be it's it is the it's nicest cool. facility in this country. It's cool, uh, yeah. You know, I haven't been to Aiken or Aachen. But uh it's just huge.
1: Yeah. I, I yeah. I don't I think everybody's gonna have a real hard time rivaling it because they got a really good balance of needs of the horsemen, trainers and horses, and needs of the spectators. We didn't get to eat in any of the restaurants, but boy, they smelled good. They did smell good. They were, uh, they were making, yeah, fish there were and chips probably there. two
0: or three open. There's going to be a total of seven or yeah. eight on the property. And they were all- There was one tax shop open. Yeah, we went to the, the, shop. the farmhouse tax, yeah. yeah. We,
1: went, we stopped by and said hi to she everybody. She moved
0: here two years ago specifically to open a tax shop at that place. Yeah, they bought a house down yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible everybody's going to want to come it's going to be a destination for uh, all different kinds of shows Western English I mean all different kinds of shows will be there he doesn't discriminate on the kinds of shows we no. saw the jumps all lined up brand new jumps all lined up on trucks uh, that'll be, that that yeah. are ready to go so the jumper shows start here in a couple, of weeks. couple of weeks so uh, we'll, we'll head out and take some pictures out there if you want to see any pictures or videos go to horsesinthemorning.com Facebook page Horse in the Morning Facebook page and I, we posted some pictures there and some videos of the different arenas and things we just talked about. And uh, we hope to see you in Acala. We live about three miles from uh, there. We're, We're really lucky. We'll be able to go over for anything. I could ride my electric bike there. You could. I could. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer, of course, is host of Horse Tip Daily.